You are listening to Unbreakable Success, episode 50, with world champion professional athlete, Sonia Looney. Welcome to Unbreakable Success, where each episode gives you the experts and perspectives to evolve your success in mind, body, and wealth. My name is Aaron Keith Hawkins, and I have over 20 years of leadership experience as a public servant and as an entrepreneur. And now, my mission is your success. Hey, thanks for being here. It's Aaron. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to make sure I give you a gift that I think you'll find valuable. It's a copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, How to Create Life-Changing Connection, Trust, and Impact in Your Business and Life. And I know if you're a listener of this show, it's really important to you to be successful at home and at work. And the truth is, if any of us are going to be successful, it's going to be due to the fact that we're effective at influencing others. So if that's important to you, stop over at AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash MDI for Million Dollar Influence. Grab a free copy. It's waiting for you. And I guarantee you, even if you just scan the table of contents to see what's inside, you'll understand why it's so important. So hop over and check it out now. AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash MDI. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Success. We have a pretty amazing guest today, as we always do, but this one's really special. Her name is Sonia Looney. She's a world champion uh, mountain biker. She's a motivational speaker, professional athlete, adventurer, author. Sonia is up to so many things. She just opened her, her uh, shop called Moxie and Grit. Is that right, Sonia? That's right. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, but Sonia, you do some amazing things. And I, I got to lead into this by saying seven day races. Like you've, you've got to like give me a short segment of how that happened. Yeah, seven day races. It's funny. It sounds really long, but when you're doing it, it doesn't uh-huh. seem like it's that long. But basically what happened was when I first started mountain biking, I was doing shorter courses, like, and it's called cross country racing. And those are typically about an hour and a half long. So most people are familiar with running. They're familiar with yeah. 5k, 10k marathon, ultra marathon. Yep. So basically I started doing the ultra marathon style of racing in mountain biking. Okay. And then from there, there was these races called stage races where every day there's a set start and finish, but a different course. And sometimes it's point to point or sometimes it's a loop from a central location, but you get to race on seven, seven different courses in a country or a region. And the cumulative time at the end of the seven days is the final result of the race. So it rewards consistency over being crazy one day and then being tired the next. Well, you know, there's got to be some great business lessons in there, <laughs> so I'm sure we'll we'll sure we'll definitely segue uh, into that to talk about the consistency. But for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, you've got so much going on. But what is what's the what would be your definition of of what you do? You know, Sonia Looney, Looney writing her speaking her own bio. Uh, how would you describe yourself right now? I would describe myself as somebody who is trying to use what I'm passionate about, which is mountain biking and adventures, to use it as a vehicle to talk about things that I've learned to help me live the the life I'm living. Like I'm living my dream. It's it's incredible. Like never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be where I am today. So my why, my my when I wake up in the morning, 
I want to help make the world a better place without sounding cliche. I want to give people the tools Mm -hmm. and the confidence to take steps in their life to go after that thing that they want to do. It doesn't have to be mountain biking, but just that thing that they want to do. Everybody has something in the back of their mind that they wish that they would do. And I want to help break down the barriers so people can go after that. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. I love that you're, um, you know, how how you parlay your, you know, almost your, uh, your athleticism and, and your biking and turning into a, a much larger mission. I'd love to know, cause there's so much like if, if when people go to your website, they'll see you, they'll see your shop, um, everything from, from eating plants to your blogging, to your podcast, which we'll also talk about in a second, uh, your speaking. And then, you know, you see his world champion. How did all this how did this start for you? I mean, it, not to make you explain your entire life story, but from from the platform you are you're you're on now, how did things kind of get started? Because of course, it was like all things for all of us. It's an I'm sure it's an evolution uh, and multiple evolutions. But what was the beginning of of all of this for you? That's a great question, Aaron, and it's been a really interesting evolution. So my background, I have my master's degree in electrical engineering. So I didn't ride a bike growing up. I was in the school band and I played tennis, but I identified as an academic and as a musician, not as an athlete. Hmm. And yeah, I, I realized through school that I really enjoyed challenges. And the irony was that I really didn't actually like the practical application of engineering, but I loved math. I loved science. And I loved just having to work hard for something and then put it all on the line for an exam or a paper or whatever that would be. But I I was working after I finished my master's degree for a startup solar engineering company in Boulder, Colorado. And I wasn't very familiar with the startup um, industry. And this was a while ago. This was about a decade ago. And I, I learned while I was working there that, wow, like I'm actually passionate about business. I'm passionate about how to grow a business and about marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was more passionate about that. And I wanted to do that role more than the engineering job. And at the same time, I had been racing professionally for just a couple of years on the side. So most professional mountain bikers don't make an income. Mm-hmm. And there's a very select few of us who have made it to the top, but it's a hard road. So I had started a blog, and this was in 2007, and I just wanted to tell people about my adventures. And I wasn't really going anywhere crazy at that time. I was just traveling within Colorado, but my first couple years racing was very difficult. I was a perfectionist. I had always been a very high achiever, and little did I know, I had a fixed mindset. So if if people have read Mm. the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, I was always chasing achievement, and I was afraid to fail because... A lot of times people with a fixed mindset think that, well, if they fail, then they're not worth anything. Mm -hmm. And my first year of racing pro, I had moved to Boulder. I was in grad school. I was racing in a very competitive environment. And the ground fell fell out from underneath me. Like I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing well in school like I had been in the past. I wasn't doing well as a racer. My relationship was failing. So the bottom fell out and I had a choice to make. I had to figure out how am I going to, how am I going to start dealing with expectations whenever they don't go the way that I wanted them to go? So I started writing a blog about it, just a very transparent personal recount or account of my, the things I go through in my races. And I didn't actually know that people read the blog. 
but it wasn't until yeah. you started finding out by accident right yeah i did and it wasn't until i i had gotten on this team and i got this backpack and i decided that this was a really cool backpack and i wanted to write a review about it on my website and it turned out that it sent so much traffic to this company's website that they contacted me and they said wow, wow like you're selling tons of backpacks for us we want you to be on our team, which is this like big international team. And we also want you to start doing some marketing projects on the side for us. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah, I was like working as a as an engineer. I was racing full time and now I took on this additional role as like a part time marketing person. And that started growing so much that I, I had to tell them like I gotta quit my job as an engineer and come work for you or I can't do this anymore. So yeah. they said, yeah, we want, to, we want to hire you. And I ended up taking the job and I traveled the United States. I was doing national sales and marketing for this brand, helping grow it with one other guy in the United States with no background, no formal background in marketing or sales, except for my own personal experiences, just working at that startup and just using my intuition. And wow. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience because I got to, I had the freedom to learn as I went and I wasn't being micromanaged. So I, I thrive in those situations where it's, it's sink or swim, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, and I had five years to do it and I got to start traveling around the United States. I would take my bike with me. So I got to build community, meet people, and I would plan my own events on the side, like my own speaking and mentoring events and rides. So I started building this brand without even really, really realizing that I was building a brand for myself because I was also trying to build a brand this other brand that I yeah. worked for, but just by meeting all these people and then social media comes into the picture. So I yeah. start posting about what I'm doing and it really just snowballed from there. That's pretty amazing. Now I'm curious what, when you started doing, um, creating these, these meets and, uh, gatherings while you were out traveling, what, and you were speaking, what, what were you speaking about? Were you just speaking about what you were doing as far as your, you're racing and that activity or what was the, the topic uh if if there was an ongoing theme that you were speaking about well it was funny because initially i wanted to create this it was a series called on dirt and a lot of your listeners are probably like what the heck is mountain biking and how do you even get started and like what equipment do you need and and how how does that work so yeah. i was in that situation when i started there wasn't very many people to help me and I didn't want anybody else to be in that situation. So I'm passionate about my sport. I want more people out there on the trails in nature because I think that it really enriches your life in a really phenomenal way. So I just was doing mentoring sessions, Q and a sessions, and then it started morphing into these kind of motivational speeches that wasn't intentional. It's just that people would ask me these questions and then the way that I would answer them would just come off in a way where people walked away feeling inspired. Wow. So I decided that, okay, well, people are actually more interested in these stories that I have. Um, you know, they're interested yeah. in like how much tire pressure to run and all that stuff. But I decided that I wanted to do more inspirational type of speaking, but just talking about some of my personal experiences and how that's affected me in my daily life, because it's not separate. They're not mutually exclusive. Like yeah. everything that we do affects us in other places of our lives. So I just really wanted to talk about that and to connect with people in a really meaningful way well, well that's that's i mean that is the key i mean without it's funny how without attempting to build a brand you probably you built a very strong one just by being authentic just by being yourself which is funny because for many entrepreneurs 
that's what they seem to have the most uh not for everyone but there there's a there's a significant enough segment of entrepreneurs that have it's a hard they they feel like it's a hard time to put themselves out there and tell those stories about themselves and be you know vulnerable to, for lack of a better word uh about what you've been through and what you learned from it and but pe- that's what people re- relate to for sure so so how <laughs> what happened after that cuz you're out there traveling you're with this company you're you're promoting their brand but you're developing this following how long did this uh did this last Yeah this lasted for about 5 years and it was it was interesting because I was also racing for their team. So this brand owned the team. So if I were to ride on a different team, it would be a conflict of interest with mm-hmm. this brand because you can't work for a company and then ride for the company's competitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it got to a point where like, you know, my team wasn't paying me any money. My team wasn't supporting me financially in any way. Mm-hmm. All of my racing was coming out of my, my small salary and I wanted to start racing internationally and seeing the world. So I had to put my put my brain together into in a different way and think, how am I going to actually do this? Because these seven-day races, the entry fees are typically between, like around $2,000. And that wow. doesn't even include the airfare or the before and after. So it's a pretty big expense to go to one of these things. So I thought, well, I'm, I, I like writing. I've been writing for like writing with a, a W for mm-hmm. a long time. And I'll, I'll pitch to these feature magazines or these magazines that I want to write like a 2000 word feature article on my adventure. And then I'll go to the race and then I'll tell the race like, Hey, I got this feature story. Your, your magazines, you're going to get a lot of exposure in a magazine. Wow. So can, can I have an, a free entry fee in exchange for that, that media promotion? And that started working for me. And I did a few of these international races, which helped build even more brand and create even more stories. And then I had some sponsors actually approach me wanting to give me money, which was a brand new thing for me. (laughs) It was like a big, big deal. And it was a conflict with my team. So I had... I had this pathway that was bumpy and dark, but I could see a little bit of a light at the end. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing some, you know, I was being beckoned to go that that direction. And it was scary because I had to leave something that was comfortable, yeah. something that, that I knew what to expect. I could probably stay there for quite a while doing the exact same thing. But the person that really helped push me and support me in that direction was my husband. And he said, look, like, you know exactly what to do. You know how to build a brand. You know how to work in marketing. You should just go on your own and get, get some more sponsors and see if you can get more financial support. So that's what I did. I, I wrote a bunch of proposals and I submitted them to brands that I really resonated with and thought that we both could create mutual content and it, it went well. And I was able to quit my job. But the interesting thing that that I did at that time, this was about four years ago, was this is the beginning of kind of influencer marketing in some ways. And a lot of professional athletes will get sponsorships based on their results. Like I won yeah. this and that race. And I love winning races and that's great. But does that actually sell product? Does it mm. sell? Is it going to drive their bottom line? And that is what a company is interested in. So yeah. My proposals had a different value proposition than what all my competitors and fellow racers were were doing whenever they were going after sponsorships. So it was actually a lot easier than I thought. And now the space has become more competitive because of how people are doing 
marketing and branding. But at the time, it was it was really cool to be one of the beginning, one of the early adopters of that, and then to be able to explain that to a brand and then also kind of help them realize that there's a lot of value in this. Yeah. Wow. That's some serious, um, some serious innovation. Uh, I, I, I love hearing that story because there's so many, there's so many lessons to be learned in there from, I mean, uh, we can just start with the last thing you said, which was, you know, everyone else is, is trying to get sponsorships by bragging about, well, not necessarily bragging, but, but speaking about their actual, uh, their ranking, how they're, how many races they're winning or where they're placing. Um, but you did something completely different, which is talking about, um, a different way to add value to what the, the sponsors would actually want, but you had, you had the backing for it though, because you've been, you'd spent so much time and invested so much time, uh, developing this following, right? Cause was, was your proposition the fact that, you know, X many people would be reading about their brand because of how many people have been following you at that point? Yeah. And it was also based on, like you mentioned earlier, authenticity and trust. Yeah. So, you know, if people are following you and they really resonate with you and you've connected with them on a, a true emotional level, mm-hmm. then they're going to, they're going to trust you. They, they ask you, Hey, what, what should I buy? Like I need advice. And yeah. they, and it's, it's hard because they know you're sponsored. They know you're getting paid by a company to promote something. Yeah. But the, the thing that I had going for me was I wasn't on a team and everybody else was on teams where the team said, you will ride this, this, and this product and you will promote this product for us, period. Right. Whereas whether you like it or not. Whereas for me, I could say, well, I, I won't work with companies if I don't like their products. Like mm-hmm. I just, it's just, these are just the brands that I believe in and I would be riding and using all these things anyway, regardless. So that built a lot of trust and that's helped, that's helped sell a lot of products in, in a positive way though, not in a salesy way, in a way that's like, I really like this because it really adds value to what I'm doing. Wow. That's, I love that. And for a bunch of reasons, but, but here, one of the big ones that I'm thinking of is the fact that because you were only you're basically pitching yourself as the person you were being and, and, the, and the value you were adding and the trust you developed with your, with your following. I, I gotta believe it. I gotta believe it had to relieve some pressure on you compared to the other people that were getting sponsors. Because if you're only selling how much you're winning, then it's almost like you got to keep up that end of the bargain. But you don't have to stress to just keep being yourself. Did did that feel like it was less of a, did you notice that at the time? The fact that you weren't selling, you know, I'm going to come in first, second or third place. And this is how many times I did it. You were selling you, which is not something you had to to fight to keep doing is being yourself. Was that something that was that part of your thought process at all? Was it something you eventually noticed? Yeah, it was, it was part of the process of longevity in the sport as well, because I, I can race for another decade if I want to. Like yeah. it's amazing how how endurance athletes can keep going even into their mid forties. Mm-hmm. But for me, I, I didn't want to have that pressure. And the irony is, when you take away the pressure, you actually do even better. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, the reason was because I wanted I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to build community. And the hard part, though, Aaron, is interesting because it actually almost added stress that I was selling myself because now mm. you have to negotiate with a company. You have to tell them I am worth this much money. Yeah. And that is very hard because number one, you don't want to seem like an egomaniac. You right. don't want to seem greedy. And also there's the rejection aspect. You're being really vulnerable. And 
it's, it's being able to change hats. You have to put on your CEO hat when you're negotiating a contract and try mm -hmm. not to take it personally. So yeah, it's, it's been really a great learning experience. I, I read this great book and I think everybody should read it. The book is called Negotiation Genius. And okay. I can't remember who the authors are, but I learned a lot about negotiation. And I mean, when in our lives are we negotiating something except for like buying a car, you know? Yeah. So like having to negotiate <laughs> your salary every single year is a skill and being able to speak with confidence about something, even if maybe you're not feeling that confident about it. Mm, great. Uh, beautiful lessons. Now where, now you since, you know, you, you went through this journey from, you know, from the world of, uh, from engineering and then, and then realizing that you enjoyed the marketing side and then you're working with the sponsor almost accidentally <laughs> by doing the write up about the backpack and then you really started getting innovative and were able to to create a lifestyle that you wanted to do. You got to travel and and keep racing and writing and negotiating your own your own contracts and selling yourself. Um, but now you're also you're podcasting. You got your shop up now on on your website. What was uh what was the next evolution? When did you realize that you were going to just keep stacking on top of what you had already built? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And the next step was actually speaking. And I realized that I wanted to connect with people outside of the bike industry, because I think that a lot of the, the things that you face as an endurance athlete, you have to figure out how to set a goal, how to work towards a goal, even when you don't feel like it, mm. what to do if something didn't go the way you planned and how you pick yourself up and start over again. And how to decide what direction to move. So yeah, I, I actually got to speak at some pretty cool conferences like at Bol in Boulder, Colorado, they have something called startup week. So I got to speak to a bunch of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I got to speak at a tech conference and I did a Ted talk about redefining success in your life and how you can like, how do you define what it means to be successful? Is it based on a result, a dollar figure, or is it based on something else that you've set up for yourself? And for me, success is, is focusing on the growth process and focusing mm -hmm. on moving in the right direction, not necessarily the end result. So yeah, yeah the speaking happened. Um, but then, yeah, the writing kept going. And then I just thought to myself, well, I just feel like I still have more to offer. There's, there's still so much out there for me. And it, it gets kind of boring whenever you figure something out. And that's, yeah. that's one of the curse of being, a, that's the curse of being an entrepreneur is once you figured it out, you're like, okay, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, it's that curse of creativity. <laughs> yeah. Like for me that my, my biggest fear isn't failure. It's stagnation. So, yeah. so yeah, I started a podcast about a year ago. Um, and it, it, I didn't want to make a mountain biking podcast. It, it wasn't, mm -hmm. that's not what I was interested in. I was interested in taking people's inspiring stories and the things that have helped them in their life lead, lead a great life and how I could bring that to my audience. And it's been cool because I've gotten talked to talk to so many different people in so many different fields, psychology, yeah. nutrition, human performance, um, mindset, and not only does it help me bring a cool message to the world, but it motivates me in my yeah. life. It's, it's almost selfish in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling, trust me. <laughs> I get it. That is, that is really cool. Now, uh, I'm, I'm curious, when you started uh, speaking, you were going to these confer conferences, was that intentional? Like, did you start, were you also pitching yourself to, to speak or did you find yourself having people contact you like with the, um, some of the sponsorships? 
it, it actually was intentional. And it was funny because the, the power of intention is an amazing thing. And mm -hmm. I want to do more reading about this because I've heard that there's like some quantum physics aspect of it, but yeah. I don't really know enough about that. Maybe you do and you can describe it to me. Um, but I just th decided one day, okay, I'm going to be a speaker. And so I put a tab on my website that said speaking. And then I had someone <laughs> contacted me to be a speaker. So and I was cool. like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm a speaker now. I better figure this out. So it's like <laughs> jump and then figure out how to swim. Wow, that is so awesome. I guarantee you there's there's somebody listening right now that's going, what? <laughs> because, <laughs> the, because these, I, I love this story because there's, it is so easy. And I, and I say this because I've been there myself and, and many people I speak to, entrepreneurs I speak to, it's very uh, easy and understandable to get caught up in the, you know, okay, how do you accomplish a speaking career? How do you get sponsorships? And and I, I'm, you mentioned inspiration. I'm deeply inspired by your story because at the end of the day, you just decided to do what you enjoyed. I mean, you were at a job and you realized you you were drawn naturally towards marketing, et cetera. And, and you know, you, you found this product that you enjoyed and you talked about it. All these stages that we've been talking about is just you trying to create something that you would enjoy, like a lifestyle that you would enjoy. And I, I, I'm hoping that our listeners are, are getting from this lesson that when you're, when you truly decide to just be authentic and add as much value as you can, like you, I mean, even when you spoke about reaching out to these the, and negotiating for yourself, which yes, you, you, the, the end game in a way is you're trying to get something for yourself. You're trying to get a sponsorship, but the way you're doing it is by giving some value and really just trying to articulate how much value you can provide for the company, as opposed to, you know, talking about, you know, how great you are, et cetera. And I know there's a, there's, there's a fine line in there because you have to speak about yourself with confidence. But you, you know, but if you if you're not explaining or giving the value, it's just not going to happen. Um, but I, I know for a fact, speaking is one of those things that so many people that I know, uh, and in a bunch of different industries, that they want to do, and they keep trying to figure out ways and angles to to get these to get into these conferences and speak, etc. But you just made it the intention, and I think it really speaks to consistency. Uh, that's because you'd been doing what you'd been doing for years at that point, right? By the time you started speaking and getting these conferences, how many years had it been that you had been basically building this platform uh, in in some kind of way? I'd say probably five years. Yeah. Like I think you, I think you make a great point because a lot of times people look at somebody's success and they think, oh, they're so talented yeah. or oh, they're so lucky. Yeah. And even in sports, like oh, that person's so gifted, but really they're. They might have some level of talent, but I don't believe in talent. I believe in hard work. And mm -hmm. chances are they've been working at it and maybe not having any level of success for a very long time. It's just that you didn't hear about them because they weren't successful. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I can guarantee. And one, and one thing I, I've, I've realized, and again, I mean, just to use speaking again, again as the example, you know, the, the people I know that have that you know, are practicing their craft and, and speaking to themselves for hours in their own home and recording themselves and, or, or like you building a platform where there is a following and you have a track record of success and a track record of, of influence and having people, you know, follow you, listen to you and say, Hey, I really like 
what he or she is doing and saying, um, that takes work and it, and it takes years. And it's, it's certainly a lesson that I'm still in the midst of. And I, and I plan on always being in the midst of this, of that, whether it's 10 or 20 years from now is just being willing to put in the, the effort towards something you, you love. And I, I even hesitate to call it work because when you enjoy doing it, Yes, there is work as in, you know, definitionally there's work because there's effort involved, but it's when it's effort you enjoy, it's a whole different game. Um, and it's it's pretty cool to watch you building this thing over, over these, through these stages that you're describing for us. What was one of the biggest, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned? Um, and I, I'm sure there's got to be a million of them, but, you know, what are the things that kind of float to the surface in your mind that, that you've been putting together over these years? Well, the first one, and, and you were touching on this just a moment ago, is to start before you're ready. Yeah. Like you're never gonna be ready. Just just start, get started on it. And it's yeah. not gonna be, it's never gonna be the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, the, there is a thing that I've been putting off and it's writing a book. And I really, like I've written so many stories and I have so much to tell. And I kept, I kept making excuses as to, oh, well, I need to have more stories or I need to get more knowledge or whatever. I was making mm-hmm. excuses and I'm, I'm starting. And like the other things I've done, the, the podcast, I didn't, I didn't know how to do a podcast. I didn't know yeah. how to do marketing when I left my engineering job. Yep. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff, but you figure it out as you go. And I think that what I've learned through all the, all the iterations, all the different things that I've done in my life is that you figure it out and confidence comes from trying something and just going along and figuring out figuring it out it's it's doing that repeatedly over yeah. and over and that that gives you something to build on that way the next time you want to do something you remember well i figured that other thing out and yep. i am capable and then it gets you moving in the right direction yeah you're you're 100 percent right there the mind remembers and it's it, you make a great point because I, i've heard plenty of people say that confidence comes when you you try something you've never done before, um, which is, I think, it's kind of half of the story because I, I really think if we're going to be accurate about it, confidence comes from, like you said, consistently trying things you've never done before. Because, you know, how many times have you heard somebody say, well, I tried it and it just didn't work? And I'm not confident still, <laughs> but it's it's having the, the guts to keep doing that over and over and, and trying the things that you haven't done before and then doing them again and doing them again and, and seeing the inter- incremental improvements along the way. And I'm very much like you. When I started this podcast, I had no clue uh, I, I I was I mean I was asking myself questions like okay where where's the file hosted like where is that go because yeah. <laughs> like, when you don't know you just don't know it's not because there's something wrong but you, you we have to be willing to learn these things so yeah it's definitely um it's it that's a, that's a huge lesson is be being willing to start before you're ready and just just figure it out so what, what's um. How's the podcast been for you? What are some What are some of the things? Because I know th- th- life tends to shift when you start um, bringing people into your life that you never met before and having these conversations like this one. You know, it's it's, it's cool. I love that we got to talk before um, before doing this show today. So we've it kind of developed some rapport. But how's it been for you building these interactions and developing these these relationships? What have you been learning? The interesting thing is that a lot of these things that we're talking about, speaking, podcasting, even mountain biking, 
you don't make money initially doing it. You do Mm -hmm. it because you love it and because it brings value to your life. So to answer your question, the thing I've learned most about podcasting is reach out to people. And it's so important to have these conversations with people that aren't just about the weather or about somebody's kids, Mm -hmm. like get into it, get under somebody's skin in a good way and figure out who they are. Because in these podcast conversations that you get to have, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to know somebody and figure out what makes them tick. So it's, it's actually really helped me in my life and my interpersonal relationships as a conversationalist, or even like if I meet somebody new, how to make conversation in a way that means something. And I think that that's valuable. And I think I love listening to podcasts as well. And I think that listening to people have conversations also just helps us in this world where we're so digitized. It's so much about texting and writing and not actually connecting one-on-one with a person and having a conversation. So that has actually been the biggest biggest takeaway for me. I I love it. I'm totally with you there. It's actually, it's funny. I don't know about you. One of the things that inspired me to start a podcast was listening to other ones other podcasts that where these conversations were going on and it, it I, I almost wanted to jump in on some of the conversations so <laughs> it kind of made sense like well i guess at some point i'm gonna have to do this myself if i'm gonna want to enjoy these conversations so i'm kind of glad i did and i'm glad you're you're experiencing uh something similar tell us about your your brand now we've been talking about you building this brand uh i'm using air quotes from when this all started and you didn't realize yeah i'm sure i know you weren't completely intentional like uh, i'm sure you weren't sitting at work one day going you know what i'm an engineer now but I'm just going to build a brand instead. No. <laughs> but that's eventually or slowly and organically, that's what you began doing. And here we are at the quintessential uh, multi-year overnight success. <laughs> and, and you have, you have a brand now uh, where you actually, you have products that you're, you've got up on your website now that you're selling. How did that start and, and what does it represent for you? Yeah. So interestingly enough, it started with one of my sponsors with me trying to bring value to them. So I said, I think I have some cool ideas. So let me give you some ideas and then you can, and it was a sock company. The sock company's name is defeat. And it was a sock that said, do epic. And I I don't know if I can use a cuss word on the show. Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. Because do epic, do epic shit. You can bleep me out. And they said, well, we can't put a cuss word on a sock. And I said, well, I think you should. (laughs) <laughs> and so, and so they actually, they actually did. And I believe it's their top selling sock in the world now. Wow. So I was like, wow, people actually like my ideas. This is kind of cool. Yeah. So I did some other collaborations with some of my other sponsors, like some cycling gloves and like a hoodie and the, all, all of them were successful. And that was a surprise to me that, wow, like people are resonating with my, with my designs too. So last year I thought, well, I think I can take this yet another step because before, and I still have to update it because it's super new, but on my site, I just had links to all these other, other stuff, other things that I was designing, but it would go to somebody else's site. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just start my own brand. And again, it's like, okay, well, how do I do that? Like, do I create, and it was funny because I, I paid for a WordPress site and a Shopify site, not knowing that you could just use Shopify to design a website on there. Um, so like there's still lots of learning going on, but I, I launched it officially two weeks ago. The brand Congrats. is called, thank you. The brand is called Moxie and Grit, M-O-X-Y and Grit. And that's what it, that's what it is. It's about creating products that resonate with people in a, a fun and in an emotional way where when they wear it, it makes them smile and it makes them feel good. And 
first it's going to be socks. So right now there's only two things up there because it's just the beginning, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be designing a new pair of socks every four to six weeks. And they don't have, you, you can wear them. Like my husband wears them underneath his suits. Um, wow. but they're awesome socks because they, they're, they're wicking, but they're also okay. really comfortable. So you can use them for sports. You can use them for whatever you want, but I just want to create gear that people that makes people feel good when they're using it. And it sounds really simple, but people really like that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Where, where, um, tell me about the name. Where did that, um, where did the name come from? The Moxie and Grit? Yeah, the name was, the name is, it was a hard thing for me, like kind of like titling a podcast or yes. titling anything. That's like, that's my weakness. <laughs> so I just started writing down everything that really like everything about what I did, like Whenever I'm in a race, I'm covered in mud and I've probably been out there for like eight hours, but I'm smiling and I'm still having fun and I have like energy and pep. And I thought, well, what's a word that describes that? Mm -hmm. And moxie, that was like, that's a yeah. great word. I'm going to use that word, but I want to spell it differently because moxie is really mainstream. So I want to use something that kind of matches my name with a Y. And I thought that was fun. And then grit. And there's, there's the, with the word grit going back to life lessons, gritty determination and perseverance will get you through anything. Yeah. All of those failed attempts to start and then have it not work. Well, it's, it's that time that it does work that yeah. matters and yeah. you're going to get there only through grit, whether it be a bike race, whether it be trying to start a business, whether it be trying to potty train your kid, like <laughs> you have to, be, you have to have, have grit and determination to get through something. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's definitely the truth. That's a that's a great segue because one of the one of the questions I do as everybody listening knows I don't script my shows but uh, I I do love to ask some similar questions at the end just to get some consistent perspectives about um, the same things and, and you know having this sharing this conversation with you and this in this journey and this story and uh, all that you've been doing over these years uh, it, I'm sure somebody's listening thinking wow, this sounds like she's kind of had a, an easy go because everything just kept falling into place for her. And I'm sure that is absolutely not the case. I wish. <laughs> Hence the name Moxie <laughs> and Grit. So I got to ask, what are some of the biggest challenges? I mean, it, you've got, you had so many things that eventually went right. And, and you kept following, what I love is you kept following just the life that you wanted to create. And you kept going in that direction and figuring it out along the way. But what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had to deal with and and how did you deal with them? Obviously, with moxie and grit. But once you added those two ingredients, what what else helped you get through some of the the big challenges that you had? You know, I think number one is not chasing the money. Yeah. A lot of times we will just chase money because money is flexibility, and we can buy stuff. And in some in some for some people, that's a way that they are showing their success. Like I've, I've making this much money now I'm successful, mm -hmm. but if you're chasing the money, it's for the wrong reason. Like there's nothing wrong with making money. I think it's awesome to make money and it's really nice whenever what you're doing starts monetizing in a big way, but mm -hmm. do something because you love it first, because when you have those challenges, people telling, you no, things failing, things just may, you know, things don't work out all the time. Yeah. Um, if, but if you're doing it for the right reason, it's easier to pick yourself back up and get started again because you're not doing it for the money or for the glory or for the fame. You're doing it because you love it. So mm -hmm. do something because you absolutely love it and be okay with it not working out immediately. Like it takes time for things 
to, to work out. Like I've been, I've been racing mountain bikes for 13 years. It took me a decade to get to where I wanted to get. And I've looked around me and there's been lots of women and, and not just women, but other racers who have the same dream that I did. And the ones who are still standing are the ones who stayed in it and didn't give up. So it's okay if things, if things don't go the way that you want them to go or happen as fast as you want them to go. And it's also okay to, to, to not have it be growing every year. Like you're going to have years where things are amazing and then mm-hmm. you're going to have a year where maybe it's not so amazing, but that's okay. So just yeah. accepting that and, and, and not being too hard on yourself when those things happen as well. Great advice. I, I, I can definitely agree with that. You know, I think, I think, um, we have to be willing to realize that things happen in seasons and, you know, we gotta be, we gotta allow for those changes. Uh, and yeah, I, some of the most fun conversations I'll say have to do with, with money and especially, especially in the entrepreneur world, like, you know, should I do it for money or should I not? Um, but I definitely think that you're, you're right when it comes to not just chasing the money and for a bunch of reasons. Number one, like you said, it's just do it because it's for the right reason because you enjoy it and because it matters to you but but secondly i think today's i hate to use the word consumers but but buyers today and just people that come in contact with businesses these days i think people are a lot more savvy these days than they used to be and it almost a lot of times i i You've probably seen this before. Where people just don't smell pass the smell test when it's really obvious that <laughs> to use a crude analogy. <laughs> but if they're just after the money and and it becomes obvious that they're just doing something for the money, uh, I, I think it becomes really noticeable these days. And and you make a great point. There's nothing wrong with making money, and certainly once you've built your craft and you're adding amazing value, you, you can and should you know charge for it and make a living off it and be able to enjoy your life because you're providing something that's that's great but initially there's got to be some there's got to be something genuine about it otherwise people won't notice and i think if we look around if we look at you as an example and and the companies like apple uh that are that we've seen explode over the years and and facebook in these companies that get ridiculously large whether it's you know because they become a multi-billion dollar company or if the entrepreneur that is just loving life legitimately, it all comes down to how passionate they are and how much they actually enjoy the product or service that they're providing. So I think that's a great lesson to hear from you. Um, Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Yeah, the interesting thing though about like passion is that it's like, this is a great example. So I work with a sports psychologist and I've done a couple awesome podcast episodes with her. And the last, um, session we had, I I said, like, I am burning myself out. I'm working like between working and training, I'm working like 12 plus hours a day, every single Mm. day, but it's not a bad thing. I'm not like slaving away. I love it. Like I love what I'm doing, but sometimes your passion can take over your life in a way where you're now you're not being social and maybe you're not taking care of yourself in the right way, but you're addicted to it because you love it. So there's the other side of the coin of, oh, I'm so passionate about this, but then you can't stop yourself. And Mm. her analogy was, well, you love cookies. Are you going to just like (laughs) eat cookies all day, every day? Is that going to be good for you just because you love cookies? And I was like, that's a good point. And that's that's helped me um, in the last couple of days kind of bring it down a notch. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's one of those things, and and you know, I, I've definitely I've been there myself, where you know I, I find myself spending a ton of time on you know the business and things like that. But I think as as long as you become as long as you remain aware, like okay, I think it's a lot. Of, actually, I think it's a few things, especially when there's a family involved. It's one awareness: how much time are you putting in there? Two: are you actually taking your care of yourself physically? And three you know, communicating a lot with the people in your life and making sure that you're intentionally spending time in all the places where you have passion. Because, you know, we all have families that hopefully we're passionate about <laughs> and, and husbands and husbands and wives and, and the kids to take care of and friends. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great lesson that you probably didn't intend to bring up is the fact that we hopefully we have more than one thing in our life that we're passionate about and keeping all of them uh keeping in contact and keeping our our time uh invested in all of them at different times is an important thing to remember yeah for sure yeah it it goes back to 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 seasons because there's times you know if if you got a book launch coming out or something that you're working on there's gonna be times where we're investing a ton of time in in the business or our, our our quote unquote, passion projects. Uh, and then there'll be time to back off and, you know, breathe a little bit and, you know, observe the results and then jump back into it. So, but that's the fun of it, right? Absolutely. And I think that surrounding yourself with people that um, can help support you in multiple ways yeah. is, and and like I said, I, I work with a sports psychologist because she helps keep me grounded because I'm so driven in so many different ways. Yeah. And having an objective person, whether it be a life coach or a sports psychologist or whatever, like it, mm-hmm. it helps to have an objective opinion to keep you sane. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's for sure. I, I'm very fortunate. My, my I, I I I love those moments where my wife looks at me and she's like why don't you just relax for the rest of the night? <laughs> and you're like, no. Because she can see my brain going a million miles a minute or she can see the, you know, the, some awkward look of exhaustion on my face because I've been thinking about too many different things. Uh, so, yeah, it's important to have that, uh, those types of people in your life, whether, you know, both families, friends, coaches, uh, you know, mastermind group, people that can get, to, that can know you and, and help keep you in line because, yes, it's easily it's easy to get things let things kind of run away uh with you when you're enjoying doing it so we got to keep those cookies in check right that's right <laughs> what's i'd love to know something that's that you've been um something that's been working great for you in your life and it could be anything a habit uh an app uh a practice but what's been great for you in life that you could share with the listeners I'm going to give you a short term and a long term. So the short term is that this year, one of my goals was to start delegating and Mm. building out a team around me, giving away, you know, you have to give away some of the money that you're making. You're getting a service in return, but we want to like hold on to the money we're making because now we're actually like, we're actually making it. Mm -hmm. Um, So delegating has been awesome. Having, hiring people to help me because that helps me build out what I'm doing and it helps it scale. And also it's nice to actually work with somebody. It can be really lonely as an, as an entrepreneur working on your own. So that's been really awesome. And then number two is, is my nutrition and I eat a whole foods plant-based diet. So that means no meat, no eggs, no dairy, no processed foods. 
And I've been eating that way for about five years. And my husband, who's also an entrepreneur, he's the one who told me about this. And wow. he eats that way as well. And both of us have noticed, I mean, I'm a professional athlete. Like I'm able to, to really perform at a very high level eating that way. But from an energy perspective and a clarity perspective, it really improves blood flow. Like that's one of the most advantageous things about eating that way because it reverses any type of heart disease or plaque you might have in your body. And everybody um, has some form of that at, uh, by the age of 10. So if you can, if you can just start adding in healthier foods, the fuel you put in will affect what comes out. So I, I think that if you take care of your body, whatever, whatever works for you, for me, it's eating a plant-based diet, but whatever mm -hmm. works for you, um, taking care of yourself will, will give you more energy. You're going to sleep better. You're going to show up in your life differently whenever you're taking care of yourself. So I think that that's a really important thing that's really worked for me. Nice. I love it. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things my, my wife would love for me to completely go plant-based. And we've we've toyed with it a lot. We, and, uh, we're both foodies. So we enjoy um, experimenting with different foods and things like that. Nothing overly crazy, but uh, I can tell you that, you know, over the years, gosh, 15 years ago compared to how we eat today, it's completely different. And uh, I'm sure you can attest to the fact that once your body's used to eating things that are better for you, if you have a moment where you fall off the rails and eat something that you know isn't going to fuel you correctly, you feel it instantly. Um, have you ever experienced that? Oh my gosh, all <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why did I do that? I knew that I wouldn't feel good after I ate that, but I couldn't yeah. stop myself. And it's funny because because for, for me, there's times I look back and I think, oh my gosh, how did I eat like this all the time? Yeah. <laughs> because it can, it can really drain you, but that's it's so true. I, I encourage everybody, definitely take science advice about that. Um, uh, just start looking into your nutrition because the energy uh, that... Your, your the food that you put in your body makes a huge huge difference. Sonia, what's a what's something big coming up on the horizon for you that and I mean really big like not something you maybe haven't even told that many people about yet that you're excited to to plan and I know you're one of those creative thinkers so you got to have something good <laughs> kind of up your sleeve that you're thinking about bringing into the world down the line. Uh, what is it for you? Yeah, I guess I can't use Moxie and Grit because that happened two weeks ago, but building that out is like a massive goal. And yeah. I have like, yeah, over the next five years, I want to see where that's going to take me um, coming out with a book so that I, I keep saying it out loud because yeah. I want that, that that helps you motivate whenever you yep. say it out loud. That way you have to have integrity and hold yourself accountable because you've said it out loud. So yeah. writing writing a book is really important to me and something I really want to do. Um yeah. And then I don't know, like kind of, I, I think that, I think that's good for now. There's lots of things, but I don't want to overwhelm people. <laughs> well, I was going to list all these different things, but we'll just keep it at that. <laughs> all right. We'll let you keep some of it to yourself. Well, at least tease us about the book. What can we, um, what types, what type of book can we expect from you just so we can get a bit excited and uh, look forward to reading it? Yeah. So the book is basically going to be almost kind of like my podcast. It's going to okay. be but it's going to be all like I've raced my mountain bike in more than 25 countries around the world from like the Sahara Desert to the Himalaya and Nepal to like Sri Lanka and Haiti, like all these places. And I've learned a lot of cool things in these places. So I want to talk about 
some of these adventures that I've had in, in a fun way, not in like, oh, this is a boring bike racing book <laughs> and, and how those can be applied to your life. And then taking, taking those lessons and taking them a step further with all these other authors who have written supporting data and, and supporting stories to go along with it. So how to live a high performance life and the things that have helped me do that. Nice. I love it. And I look forward to look forward to both reading and, and pushing it out there for you when it's when it's uh, wrapped up. I'm excited for you. Oh, thank um, you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. One of the most important questions I can ask for sure is how can people get a hold of you, learn more about what you're up to, check out the shop and get themselves some new socks and other gear yeah. uh, into their life. How do they find you? Yeah, the best way is go to sonyalooney.com or just Google me. There's a lot of, uh, of different things on Google that you can find mostly good. So yeah, go to Google or go to Google, go to sonyalooney.com. Um, you can go to my Instagram, which is at looneysonya. My shop store is moxieandgrit.com, M-O-X-Y-A-N-D-G-R-I-T.com. I love connecting with people. I respond personally to every single message within 24 hours. So you're going to be getting me. I'm the one who's actually there on all of my accounts. Um, or you can contact me through my website. I love I love talking to people. I love I love connecting. So please, if there's anything in the show that you liked, um, check out my podcast and send me a message. I'd love to hear from you. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sonia. For everybody listening, uh, I'll make sure if you go to AaronKeithHawkins.com, uh, look in the upper right corner. There's a search bar. Just type Sonia S O N Y A, and you'll get a link to this episode. And I'll link up all those ways to contact uh, Sonia through her site, social media, uh, Moxie, her Moxie and Grit site. Uh, so check it out and we'll make it easy for you to get a hold of Sonia. Sonia, I can't thank you enough. And I, I need to take a second and, and just publicly recognize you for all this amazing stuff that you've been doing in this journey that you've created. And most of all, for sharing all of this uh, with the world through shows like mine and your own podcast and really showing people what's possible through intention and moxie and grit and being willing to just say, you know, this is what I want my life to look like. What do I need to do to get there? And just continuously doing that daily and consistently. And you're a great example of what can be done when we really commit to, to wanting to design our own life instead of just settling for what comes naturally. Uh, I definitely appreciate you for it. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on your show and meet you. And also, thank you for the listeners, you guys. Thanks so much for, for paying attention and listening and just being a part of this awesome community. Thanks, son. You're definitely welcome anytime. And we'll talk to you again soon, all right? Okay. All right, take care for now. Thank you again for joining me in today's episode of Unbreakable Success. Do me a quick favor while we're thinking about it. Stop over to SonyaLooney.com and thank Sonia for sharing with us today and, and let her know what specifically touched you as far as what vibe with you as being most useful. What was your best, your favorite insight? Because uh, she shared so much today. I want to make sure that we let her know how much we appreciate her time sharing with us. Uh, she's got a phenomenal website. If you want to learn how to live better, be brave and accomplish more, Sonia is definitely somebody that can help you do that. Speaking of accomplishing more, if you haven't yet got your copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, I'm giving you a copy an, a copy for free at AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash M-D-I. And by the way, there's like a bundle of gifts that I've included 
when you grab that free copy of the book. So please make sure you go check it out now. I promise you the gifts that you get in addition to the book are going to be massively valuable for you. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com forward slash MDI. Grab your book, grab your gifts. I promise you'll be glad you did. And until next time, please make sure you continue to take care of yourself, take care of each other, and keep on creating the best life of your life. I'm Aaron Keith Hawkins. I will see you next time. Thanks again for joining us.